For tuning in to the Open Door Ministry Breadcrumbs Podcast with me, your host, Barbara Smith. We are here to share our blog articles with you in an audio format. We know that people are very busy and constantly on the go, but we all still need daily inspiration in our lives. It is our goal to share a few thought-provoking morsels that will challenge you to stay actively engaged in the Word of God. His Word is the bread of life. It's Not My Job by Barbara Smith. There are people who make it their job to come up with the best and most creative excuses of why it's not my job. They're so creative, in fact, that you think to yourself, this person is brilliant. They could, in fact, get an excellent job and do it very well if they would acknowledge and take ownership of it. Of course, It is not just a job as in an employment that they are avoiding. It is any type of responsibility that comes their way. In the job that I am employed to do, I call and interview people to determine whether they are eligible for the program that we offer. When they give certain answers, we are required to ask them to provide us with the corroborating verifications. It is at this point so often they start to backtrack and try to change their answers because they are being called on to take responsibility and actually do something. From then on, everything you say is met with a contradiction of why they cannot possibly do what you are asking of them. Everything goes well and is peachy when they think they will get something for free and without having to participate in the process. It is heartbreaking for the society we are living in. The buck must stop somewhere, and if there is no one to hand the baton to or to carry the torch, who will continue when the responsible ones are gone? We should not lose heart. Every generation has had their lazy, irresponsible sluggards and still survive because of those who do take up the slack. The children's story called The Little Red Hen illustrates this well. My condensed version The little red hen is a very busy little hen. She wakes up early in the morning, feeds her chicks, sits on the eggs to keep them warm, and cleans up the chicken coop diligently all day long. She is very industrious. The other barnyard animals, the goose, the mouse, the cat, and the dog are lazy and want to sleep all day. As she sits down toward the end of the day to rest in the hay, a grain of wheat catches her eye. She decides she will plant it and grow some wheat to make bread and asks the others who will help her. There were no takers. After many days and weeks, the grain grew and again she asked for help in cutting down the wheat. There were no volunteers. Then she had to thresh the wheat, go to the mill to grind it into flour, then make the flour into bread. With each step, even though she states how tired she is, she got no help from the other barnyard animals. Though they all watched her work, they all acknowledged in their conversation to one another what a hard worker she was. They still didn't help. The one thing they jumped to help her with was the eating of the delicious smelling bread. However, she told them, you did not plant, cut, thresh, grind, or bake this bread. I do not need your help in eating it. And she and her little chicks ate it all up. 
This is the mentality of those who say, it's not my job. They must learn that without work, there is no reward. I'm the proud mother of four adult daughters. They were not always adults, therefore a lot of teaching has gone on over the years. One such lesson that was constant in our household was, it is not age the adult makes. Maturity is seen in your actions and not in the number that is on your driver's license. The example I would always give them was you can tell the mature person from the immature one by watching to see who walks over a piece of paper on the floor or who stoops down and picks up the piece of paper and takes it to the trash. And with that, I can hear a lot of you saying, but it's not my job. My point is made. However, this is not a new thing. Just as we may have the expression, it's not my job, they came up with their own idioms in Bible times. The definition of idiom per Webster's Dictionary is an expression in the usage of a language that is particular to itself, either in having a meaning that cannot be derived from the conjured meaning of its elements, such as up in the air, meaning undecided, or in its grammatically atypical use of the words, such as give way, or the language particular to a people or to a district community or class, a dialect, the syntactical, grammatical, or structural form particular to a language or a style or form of artistic expression that is characteristic to an individual, a period or movement or a medium or instrument. Jesus called the Pharisees on this in the book of Mark chapter 7. The Pharisees were one of several religious sects of Jews who claimed to live by the letter of the law of Moses. However, during the teachings of Jesus, we find it full of instances where he turned the tables on them to point out their hypocrisy. This was one of those times. They were fault finders. I am sure we all know a few of those, and we may also know them as busybodies. They were always trying to take the moat out of people's eyes when they actually had a huge beam in their own, which was also addressed at least five times by Jesus in the New Testament. Have you heard the expression, don't cry over spilled milk? Of course, we know the intended meaning is that we should not stress over things that have happened that we had no control over and cannot change. However, many use it to slough off the fact that they actually spilled the milk, in fact, on purpose, and it was not an accident, but something they did intentionally, and now do not want to take the responsibility for it. Like the 21st century expression, my bad. Those who say this are not often repentant for what they have done wrong, but they have been caught, therefore must acknowledge it, but not necessarily in sincerity. Often it is said in jest and could be followed with a ha-ha. This is how the expression Corbin that is found in the scripture came about. It evolved in its use with the Pharisees. Mark 7, 1-23 tells the story. Then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes which came from Jerusalem. And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is to say with unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews 
except they wash their hands oft, eat not, holding the tradition of the elders. And when they came from the market, except they wash, they eat not. And many other things there be, which they have received to hold, as the washing of cups and pots, brazen vessels and tables as well. Then the Pharisees and scribes ask him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the traditions of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? And he answered and said unto them, well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, ye do the traditions of men, as the washing of pots and cups, and many other things like this ye do. Jesus used scripture to combat them, because they supposedly held the scripture in high regard. However, Jesus shows how it was just in word and not in deed, and that they really did not respect the word of God at all, but their actions were all for show. What personal traditions do we teach as doctrine? We need to examine ourselves and make sure we are not sending people to damnation instead of saving them from it. We must not teach fairy tales, but truth. Jesus said in his prayer time, shown in John 17, verse 17, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. His word is what we should teach, and it will do the work of cleansing that it is intended to do. Jesus continued, And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own tradition. For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother, and whoso curses father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, If a man shall say to his father or mother, It is Corban, that is to say, a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free. And ye suffer him no more to do aught for his father or his mother, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition which ye have delivered, and many such things like do ye. And when he had called all the people unto him, he said unto them, Hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand. There is nothing from without a man that entering into him can defile him, but the things which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was entered into the house from the people, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. And he saith unto them, Are ye so without understanding also? Do ye not perceive that whatsoever thing from without enters into the man, it cannot defile him, because it enters not into his heart, but into the belly, and goes out into the draught, purging all meats? And he said, That which cometh out of the man, that defiles the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceeds evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceitfulness, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. Every occasion Jesus was alone with his disciples, he took the time to teach them a little more in depth. Let us go back to the 11th verse of Mark chapter 7. What is Corban that Jesus seemingly pulled out of nowhere? All the things that the Pharisees nitpicked about were ceremonial acts that they had come up with, of which most were not given in the law. The law that God gave to Moses was firstly moral, which denotes the very attributes of God, 
Secondly, ceremonial, which was the requirements of God for the sacrifices that would be used for their forgiveness, very multifaceted and specific. And thirdly, judicial law, which instructed how the governing of the Israelites should be carried out. Jesus was saying that they had added so many things to the ceremonial rites that they expected people to follow that they neglected the most important part, which was the moral requirements of God. The example Jesus gave was a command that is mentioned right in the middle of the list of commandments in Exodus 20 verse 12 that states, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee. And this is reiterated in other passages throughout the Old Testament and taught in the New as well. There was a group of Jews who had come up with a way to avoid their responsibility to their parents. Corbin originates from the Greek word korbanus, meaning temple treasury. They were acting or stating that their funds had been set aside as a gift to God, a.k.a. a temple offering, so they would not have to feel responsible for taking care of their elderly. A way of tagging the funds as belonging to God, so to speak, like finding a loophole in the tax system and a way of getting out of paying something. However, trying to find loopholes in the moral law of God and openly disregarding it will never be to your advantage. Corbin became an expression that moved on to other areas of lives as well. If you wanted to shirk responsibility, you would use the catch-all phrase, Corbin, aka, it's not my job. It's designated elsewhere. Jesus did not let them slide, but pointed out the Pharisees' hypocrisy in front of the crowds. Being irresponsible, hypocritical, self-absorbed, insensitive to others, and legalistic was not something Jesus would walk past without mentioning. Regarding the specific subject of honoring your parents, you will note in John 19, verses 26 and 27, Jesus made provision at the end of his life for his mother. It states, When Jesus therefore saw his mother, and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his own home. We know from study that John was that disciple. He cared for Jesus' mother. Though my main point in this article is not specifically about taking care of your parents, however, we are responsible to honor them in this way, in caring for them when they are not able. We can talk about the various aspects and ramifications of that on another occasion. We must be like the little red hen. Grow up and get whatever the job at hand is done. Just do it. Do not be like the other barnyard animals that just laze around and wait to be fed, participating in the rewards but not the work. We are not entitled to any benefits in life that we do not work for. Isaiah 65:22 states, They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people, and mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. Psalm 128 verse 2 tells us, For thou shalt eat the labor of thy hands, happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. In fact, anything that is within our reach in our individual worlds is our job. 
Let us take care of business at home, at work, in our communities, and in our families, and reap the benefits of joy, peace, and fulfillment that it brings. Think twice before we say Corbin. Make sure if you do say Corbin that the time, money, or efforts you are referring to are indeed dedicated unto the Lord. If not, you become a liar and a thief. I think the Lord had a sense of humor at times, but he does not tolerate ignorance, laziness, or delinquency. Use the strength, talents, and skills that God has given you not to get out of doing things, but to ask what can I do and how can I make a contribution. Think twice before you say, it's not my job. Thanks for joining us today. We trust you have been nourished and blessed. Always remember the Lord is faithful and His mercies are new every morning. Until next time, God bless.